Hi, uh, my name is Thomas Savitskas. I'm uh, 30 years old. I'm from Lithuania. I spent 17 years to date in Japan. I was married for uh, uh, almost 10 years with my wife. Back in 2016, uh, May 19, my daughter was abducted by her Japanese mother, and I haven't seen her since. At the time, my daughter was just nine months old. On August 28th of 2021, she celebrated her sixth birthday, and uh, I haven't seen her since the abduction. So it's five uh, years and, and, and three months by now. And uh, this is my story. In this episode of Your Double Podcast, we are speaking to Thomas Savikas, a Lithuanian father whose daughter was abducted by a Japanese mother. Thomas is pretty funny when he talks about these issues and the metaphors that he uses throughout this episode to explain the situation can make you laugh, but the pain and frustration is real. If you do get offended by his jokes, please remember that it's hard to talk about these issues and him being able to joke about it and tell it in a jovial manner kind of helps him to get through the topics while he's discussing it. This is part one of the two-part interview with Thomas. In the first part, we talk in depth about how the abduction happened and the struggles that he faced from the Japanese family court system while he was trying to reunite with his kid. In the next part, we talk more in general about the Japanese family courts, the politicians, the media, and the Japanese culture as a whole. Now, with that said, let's get into today's episode. Yeah, the first question that uh, I have for you is that as someone from Lithuania, how did you end up in Japan? Because uh, that's kind of far from where you're from. Okay. Um, the first time I, I came in Japan, it was uh, back in 2001. And uh, I was just 18 years old. I came from Lithuania. And the reason I ended up in here was just, I was simply really craving to live abroad. And uh, prior to coming to Japan, I, I traveled around Europe a bit. I saw, you know, different lifestyles, places, and I, and I just wanted to live somewhere abroad. Uh, at that time, my my country wasn't wasn't as good as it is now because it was just uh, ten years after we gained independence from Soviet Union. So you know, there were still a lot of different, all kind of issues lingering. Uh, so. I came in Japan. I stayed for uh, almost six years. Uh, I left Japan. I went to live in England for three years. And uh, on my way back uh, from Japan uh, to Lithuania, I I met my wife, now ex-wife. And uh, we started dating in 2008. We got married. In uh, 2008, after we got uh, married, she came to to try to live in UK, but uh, for her it was too difficult to adjust. And she she came back to Japan, 
And about one and a half year later, I followed her back here. And uh, I started to live in Japan again, full time, since uh, 2010, June. Uh, we, we never tried to have kids like from the get-go because it were, we were young and it, maybe it was a little bit too early. We just wanted to live for ourselves a bit. And um, uh, as time went by, uh, in Japan, basically, women, women like uh, they have this notion that uh, you must have a child, a husband, and be married by the age of 30. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know how to call it correctly, but maybe it's kind of like stigma. If you don't do these things by the age of 30, you're kind of like broken in some in some way, like something is wrong with you. And, and apparently she was one of those uh, individuals, sadly, uh, not about getting married, but uh, when it came the issue uh, to have a child, because uh, at some point in time, she was like, I, I don't care by the age of 30, I must have a child. Like, I must have a child. How that happens is like going and buying a milk today, here, now. I don't care. It's like literally that, like, I don't know, like a, a pet fish, a, a parrot, some, something something that easy. And uh, so we, we tried. Uh, in 2013, she got pregnant. Uh, unfortunately, she miscarried. She blamed a lot of things on me. That's what uh, usually in Japan is like something goes wrong in a family, husband is at fault. And God forbid, if you happen to be foreign, husband is even more of a fault. Because like, you know, foreigner doesn't understand the culture, doesn't understand nuances, uh, cannot do this, cannot do that, blah, blah, so on and so forth. It's like, well, whatever, whatever happens is like, well, foreigner. And if you're Japanese, then, you know, we just come and come and explain like, yeah, something, maybe too work, too much work, maybe too this, too that. They find some reasons, but foreigners definitely like culture, big deal. And so uh, after 2013, uh, after this problem, she, she got really, really crazy. Like she really wanted to to get pregnant very, very badly. So we went as far as to have uh, infertility treatment. And uh, because she, she had uh, she had some problems with this with this issue. And uh, so in 2015, she got pregnant again, uh, luckily, and uh, we had a baby daughter. And uh, comes nine months later, uh, you know, it's like postpartum depression, we call it in English. But uh, but in, in Japan, uh, well, in English, we call it postpartum depression. And that's what it's called in Japan. But uh, in Western world, at least as far as I know, uh, you know, we have it, I don't know, let's say occasionally, maybe a little bit more than occasionally, not everyone. And it's not life-threatening, you know, depression. But in, in Japan, the, the, the woman, after uh, getting pregnant and giving birth, she will change. She will change like this, like 180 degrees. She'll be one. It's like the, the person, the person whom, with whom you were 
a year ago and the person who is giving a childbirth or just gave childbirth is is, is like different person so we we had to uh we had to start you know little little issues of course how to raise the child how to do this how to go about you know all kind of child related things and uh in japan the prevailing wisdom uh, wisdom is like whatever in japan is japan is the best you name it the language the culture the food uh the education whatever is like japan trumps everything and uh well if you don't agree you know that's that's the beginning of uh, little issues and uh but it wasn't it wasn't nothing major and uh just 9 months later 9 months later uh, one day she just woke up in in the middle of the night and she just took the daughter took her handbag and left and that was in 2016 may 18th so since then until today officially i haven't seen my child at all at that time uh my my daughter was just 9 months old so she just ha- celebrated uh on august 28th uh of this year she celebrated her 6th birthday so for 5 years and 3 months i haven't seen her i haven't heard about her is she dead is she alive uh is she healthy and healthy this nothing no knowledge whatsoever and uh, of course uh, you know family court lawyers uh, this that nobody has any issues with that now it's like well the child disappeared and uh in in more than few instances uh, when when this things happen i've been told well what's your problem you know you're young so so good looking go get another wife make another child you know move on yeah that's a shitty and insensitive thing to say but i want to get slightly deeper into something that you said about post uh, pregnancy related depression can you explain what kind of behavior changes that you noticed after the pregnancy because you said that this happens quite a bit in japan well we can we can say simple things you know um if until now drinking a beer was okay it's absolutely no no it just makes her crazy if until now you know anything let's say if you put your shoes this way if you walk that way you said this word instead of that uh you sit this way you know dressing is like anything becomes an issue anything and everything like literally like you you looked you looked this this way that way it it's bad you know whatever basically you being there is already bad is is <clears throat> in in really bad cases it goes it goes as bad as like you literally be your presence is already like uh, the the essence of of everything going wrong so sometimes uh, sometimes you can hear more than enough stories where uh, where they say like uh, you know if you go and look and try to look for help and you go to i don't know like healthcare or uh, or a sh- what we call let's call it a shrink or psychologist psychiatrist 
you know, you go to these places and they'll, they, they will tell you, like, yeah, yeah, we, we know it's, you know, women have this problem. Well, why don't you just go out of the house, rent a little apartment, maybe a block, two blocks, whatever, you know, away and, and just, you know, let her be. And it's like, well, we just had a child, you know, how, how, is, how is it that you can tell me let her be? And well, what about the child? It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, and don't worry, it's not a big deal, you know. Well, while the child is young, there's nothing for you to do anyways. So if you just go and work and then, uh, you know, and then make whatever money you can make, you know, that will be like good enough. Like the less, the less you are present at the time when, when they go crazy, like the better for you. But it goes mental. It goes sometimes so mental that, you know, they attack you physically. Or they insinuate uh, fake violence. You know, they hurt themselves, just bruise, bump, you know. I've heard all, all kind of uh, stuff in, in, on, on this, in this manner. And I'll just call the cops on you. And if you, if you don't want to, to leave the house for a day, a week, or whatever, whatever she demands, you know, the, the cops will help you to, to make that decision very swiftly. They will literally just open the door for you and, you know, for, force you out. I know that you're talking about this in a general sense. Can you give me specific examples from your own situation that happened with you and your ex-wife? Like uh, in my in my case, uh, the main thing was all kind of disagreements about what to do now with the child, how to raise the child. And uh, her really, I, w- I would say, uh, at least for me, you know, uh, really, really kind of crazy way of the child is like three months old. And now we need to deliberate what kind of university she will go to, uh, you know, how much university will cost, how much money we'll need to put aside. And and uh, these things were very, very heavy. They are heavy everywhere. But uh, on, on my part, it, it was, I don't know for for what reason, we were not we were not, you know, uh, we were just middle, ordinary middle class people. We, we had more than enough of everything. So there was no reason to think 20 years ahead and, and stress yourself and break your, break your back today to the level that you're literally going to break it. And, uh, but, you know, we, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to have X amount of money put aside. Then uh, we need to raise her in this way. She will go in, in there, and I, I was like, well, I don't know, you know, she's not even in kindergarten, and you're talking about university. Maybe let, let her go to, like, first grade, second grade, and then think about it. But these things, and, and then uh, how to rear the child. You know, like, uh, I come from Europe, so we have our, you know, a little bit different way of, uh, working about children than Japanese. Like uh, the main one, the main one will be, for example, in Japan, when it's cold, they tend not to dress their babies. They like, uh, you know, it's it's like zero degrees, five degrees, and they go with, with like t-shirt. You know, no socks, no no trousers, nothing warm. It's just, we're just gonna go like, well, literally, it's January, 
but you go dress like it's June, June, July, August, you know, and uh, these kind of things. Oh, you know, if you if you keep a child warm, it's not gonna have immune system as strong, and you know they can they they will be they will not be as strong as like samurai and all this nonsense, literally nonsense. And like in in my country, if you bring the child in zero degrees with a t-shirt. The CPS, you know, Child Protecting Services, or anybody like bystander will come and and like knock knock on your shoulder. You nuts? Well, what's wrong with you? It's, it's child abuse. You, know? you cannot explain that. Oh, you know, I'm I'm raising samurais. Like, God forbid, you know, you want to be samurai? Go get in cold water, you know, ice water, whatever. What 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 are you doing with a three months, uh, you know, old with a three years old? And this this uh, goes all the way until adulthood. It doesn't stop at certain point in time. It's like it starts from the, the day they are born, and it just goes all the way until they they work by themselves. So these kind of uh, issues were were really heavy, and uh, we were, you know, we were traveling in in Europe. It was called or traveling around Europe. You know, you start in the north, it's cold. You go to south, it gets warmer. So you know these kind of the things which we take for granted is like, well, you know, when it's zero degrees, you dress like for zero degrees. When it's plus 20, you dress like for uh, plus 20. These these little mundane things, they, they were really, really emphasized. Uh, one of the big deals, like especially for me, was uh, our difference in, uh, in uh, I, I don't know how to call it, like uh, life cycle or day cycle, just basically, she's an early person. She used to be okay to wake up 5 a.m., but she goes to bed, for that reason, 9, 10, 9, 10 p.m. On the other hand, I'm opposite. I go I go after midnight, way after midnight, and I, and I sleep way into the morning. And when the child was born, because she goes to sleep early, and, you know, I'm, I'm awake anyway, so I care about her. You know, she, she never has almost no chance to cry or, or even get to the stage of, you know, like heavy crying ever because you're always, you're always, you know, next, next to her. So she makes a noise, you go in and tend to her on the spot immediately. And, uh, well, she will used to say like, wake up, oh, you know, uh, the daughter slept so well, you know, she, I didn't need to wake up. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't sleep. And then, of course, you know, uh, when she wakes, wake up, she wakes up, I'll go to sleep and uh, she will complain. Oh, you sleep all day. What's wrong with you? Why can't you be more useful? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? You know, some, something, anything. I'm like, well, I, I kind of stayed all night up. So it's it's only probably normal to, to sleep in daytime, isn't it? But, you know, these kind of things will not be will not be understood. So I know a lot of in, in my case not very heavy, mundane, mundane little things like you know in normally would not we would not even uh, bicker about things like that with the same culture people because you know you 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 just do what you do and, and everybody thinks on the same lines but in here you know out of a sudden Advanced country and everything's, you know, third uh, third economy in the world. 
And and now you have a child, oh, samurai, let's go back 200 years ago. I don't know, what for, why? What, do, what did we lost in there? What do we have to do with this 200 years ago nonsense? Keeping children, you know, called for them to get, I don't know, strong. And I don't see them particularly strong because they gobble medicine almost as much as uh, as Americans do. So this this apparently samurai thing, it's not even working. Yes, Thomas, I definitely feel your emotions and I understand where is it coming from. And let's get back to the abduction that happened. Do you remember what happened on that particular day when your child got abducted? Did you anticipate it or how did it go down? Oh, I will, I will, need, to, I will need to go a little bit back than that day. Uh, you know, for uh, for for listeners to understand, because you know, if if I just start with that day, uh, it will be, you know, uh, it will be weird. It's like, wow, no, nobody does that in 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 just like like this. But uh, how it started, you know, um, in the uh, of that year in uh, in 2016 in February, we decided to go for uh, to Europe for three months, just travel, you know, just spend time. You know, Japanese, they don't get a lot of holidays. And when you have a child, that's the only time when you have like legitimate holiday, which you actually can use and not feel sorry for using it. Because usually to take a holiday in Japan is like a no-no, unless you're dying or something. And even when you're dying, we're like, why you're dying now? Why can't you die like when you finish your work or something? You know, and uh, so we, we, we decided to take a trip and... Uh, we went uh, to my country. We stayed there for like a month, just living, doing nothing, you know, spending easy, easy time. And then we we rent a uh, motorhome and uh, we went around Europe. And the trip was, uh, you know, minus all these little, for, for us, we'd say for Westerners, we'd call it like non-issues. For them, for them it seems like they're massive issues. And, you know, the trip itself was very good. We spent, uh, you know, we, we traveled literally around Europe. We visited my extended family in UK. We went back to Lithuania and then we were thinking what to do. Uh, my uh, my Japanese visa was about to end in, uh, in the second half of May. And we were thinking like, uh, you know, what to do. And uh, I, I tried to, to do extension through the embassy, but... Uh, the embassy advised, like, Nana is going to be complicated. You better go back to Tokyo and do it locally. And you, because we had tickets anyway, we decided not to change them. And we just came back to Japan in, on May uh, the 3rd of 2016. So, like, literally three months later. And uh, during the trip, uh, we decided, we finally decided to rebuild the property which we had for a few years, uh, in which we didn't live. We just bought it and we, we tried to do this, that. It didn't work out. So it was just like standing and, and doing nothing. And during the trip, we came to agreement that, you know, let's not build dream home, expensive, perfect, this, that. Let's build, you know, ordinary Japanese home. You know, and 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 let's let's uh, continue our life in in Japan. In in the meanwhile, while the house will be dealt with, I I wanted her to stay in Lithuania because it was easy life. 
It was financially cheap, uh, very easy, spacious, you name it, everything was there. And uh, she agreed, absolutely happy. And uh, we went went back to Japan. And uh, the first few days was like perfect. And, you know, as nearer we got to the day when I need to go to immigration to extend my visa, all kind of nonsenses started to flare up. And then the main thing is like, oh, you always annoy me. Now I need to go to immigration. Now I need to put my stamp on yours. Now I need to become again your guarantor. Now I need to do this. Now I need to do that. It's like really, really annoying for them. I'm like, well, you know, if you want me to stay here and your government requires you to do that, you know, for me to have that and they require, they require you to do that, you know, it's it's kind of, I'm, I'm the wrong person to get mad at. And, uh, well, she, was, she wasn't happy at all about this visa extension. Like, you know, on the day when we decided to go to immigration, she was like, really, really unhappy to go. And I had only three days, three days until uh, the expiry. And uh, in Japan, if your visa expires, even by literally overnight, you, you're going to get in a lot of legal troubles you, can, you don't want to even dream of. It's like really, really big deal in this country. We tried to go to immigration together, but it just didn't work out because she, she literally had no intentions to go to immigration. So, you know, I just took the prom and I thought maybe if I push the prom with the daughter, maybe she will adjust her stride. That's usually what happens, you know, like, uh, you know, you foreigner, you're bigger. So your stride is, is, is longer. So, you know, you kind of like something, sometimes you do that. And, uh, well, she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't happy at all. And she was just you know, falling behind and behind and behind until she completely disappeared. Anyway, I went to immigration. I, I dealt with my extension and uh, I was calling her like, come, come here, come here, come here. You know, daughter is, is it's about the time to feed the daughter. Soon she's going to make all kinds of alarms, but she's getting hungry. And uh, well, luckily, luckily for us, she had a lot of you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, mother's milk in English, you know, uh, she, she was more than able to breastfeed, uh, you know, one, one baby. So we, we didn't feed our daughter with any kind of, you know, powder milks and stuff. And, uh, well, she, she's not picking up a phone, man. She's just like disappeared. I call her mother. The mother's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. So I, I go and stay overnight at the friends, which we had a plan to go to, right? I still call her. I have my call log is like two meters long on the phone. And uh, of course, no answer, no nothing. And uh, I call to mother, like call to your, call to your daughter, say, well, what the heck, you know, come, come here. Did, you know, if, if a child was six years old, nobody will bother about that. It was, it was a problem because it, uh, she was nine months old and, and we didn't feed her you know, all this major uh, stuff, which usually people do when they don't have mother's milk. And uh, yeah, so was nothing of her. The following day, out of a sudden, about evening, she calls and like, oh, I'm dying to see my child. I'm dying to see my child. Where are you? I'm like, 
well, I'm in the same place where I told you we're going to be yesterday. Like you didn't pick up a phone. I called you like a thousand times. Like, I don't care when you're coming home. So I just, you know, took the train, went back home. And uh, she, she fed the daughter. The daughter went to sleep. And then it started. And then it started like, again, about this visa issues, like this, that, so on and so forth. It's, it's like bickering. It's like literally insinuating a fight. She, I don't know. She was maybe trying to make me so angry that I'm going to hit her or something, you know? So so all this, what I'm going to say later, will make, uh, will make sense. And I was just, you know, half chilled. I was angry. I was angry about her not showing up, just literally not showing up. Like, what the heck? I don't care. And and then the mother, the the way the mother spoke with me uh, was like I, I was a garbage, and it's like ah we we don't care. It's like whatever, go home and you know, go back to your country, leave a child in here. Like what what the heck you're doing here anyways? And uh, we had a we had a call with her mother, and this fight just flared up, and you know we cursed. To each other, to, to to the mother, so on and so forth. It was it was bad. And then a couple of hours later, it just died down. We went to bed, done nothing. The following day, the daytime of uh, 18th, you know, of May. The day was good. In evening, again, she tried to 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 insinuate a fight. I don't know for like no reason. And anything, anything you can think, light is too bright, uh, table is, you know, wrong way, chair is, chair is too high, whatever, whatever nonsense, like anything you can pick on. And uh, I, di- I didn't do, I didn't join her at all. I just ignored her. And uh, that day, uh, that day she, you know, she went to bed. I was, as usually stayed all the way until it was about 3 a.m. Then I put the daughter, she fed her, they, uh, you know, they slept, I laid beside. It was like 3 a.m. on the, so yeah, it is, let's call it maybe 19th now because it, it, it you know, it, it falls on the, after 12, uh, 12 a.m. And uh, I went to bed about 3 a.m., 4 o'clock, like an hour later, which I usually don't wake up that, you know, that soon when I'm, I'm tired. I don't know for whatever reason. Just one hour later, I just woke up. I see, oh, she's not next. The daughter is not uh, in her bed because we had like our bed, and just two meters away, it was uh, daughter's bed. Like she's not there. The child is not there. It's like, oh, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe the the daughter sold herself. You know, change nappy, something. Maybe need to wash. Like go go to ch- to see the shower. The flat is not big. It's like shoe size apartment, so it's not like you you need to walk through the palace, you know, through like hundred rooms to look for them. And in in, in like few seconds, you know, it's like they're not there. And it just like you know, it's like I, I just woke up. I'm like stunned. And then I see by the door there's no problem, and it's like shit what what the heck you know what what's this and then then it, it i i just didn't know you know what to do where where to go where to run which side you know you open the door 
left, right, uh, you know, front, back. It's just like, where? Just later, I remember that on the day when I came back, on the following day when we left for immigration and uh, I came back, we left 16, I came back on 17. Just because we just two weeks ago, we came back from Europe, you know, the, the luggage is still a, a little bit disheveled, you know, it's not everything where you usually would keep. And I see like one, one little bag is missing, like one carry on bag is missing. I didn't pay attention. And then, you know, when, when she disappeared two days later, then I understood that that bag, you know, that bag, it, it was prepared. It was, you know, that day when I didn't show up in the evening or that hour when, when she was falling behind me and didn't join me to the trip to immigration, that was, that was the moment when she decided to do what, what, she, what she did. But at no point in time, she gave me any indication that she will, she will go and do this to this extreme. You know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I gonna leave when we just even before the child, like, uh, we're gonna divorce, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You know, the usual, you know, couple married, uh, you know, stuff. But uh, like, they, that we can just take a child and run, like you would take a handbag, that, that kind of thing I, I did not envision. It's like, you know, if we're talking about, I don't know, Zimbabwe, I don't know, some Zulu tribe in whatever, maybe, you know. But we're talking about, like, we call it advanced country after all, right? So it, it's like, how can you take a child and say, oh, it's my child. How is it your child? It's like our child. But, yeah, so no, no signs, no nothing. Just you wake up and, and this is when you realize that, uh, you know, your nightmare started and, uh, yeah, it, it will have no, no end. Like until you yourself in your mind, in your head, in your heart will give up on this situation, literally give up. This nightmare is going to be ongoing. Right. After the day, normally uh, when these kind of thing happens, people will look for the grandfathers or the grandmothers kind of the, your access site and then ask for more details on the kids, right? Did you do that? Did you try to reach out to them? If you did, how did that go? Oh, it went, uh, it went absolutely horrible because I, uh, you know, I, um, I went to, I didn't know, I didn't know where she went. You know, she just disappeared. Immediately, I went to police. I know. Sorry, sorry. Uh, first, I called. I first I called her mother. And the strangest of things, anybody at any time, they will answer the phone. How? Hello. Hi. I am. One of those things. How she answered? I know nothing. You know nothing about what? And you know what? At that at that time. At that time, I, I, uh, I didn't know how serious this trouble is going to be. But the fact that uh, she just vanished in the middle of the night without a trace, it was alarming enough for me. Yeah, what that tells me is that your ex-wife got everything prepared to abduct the kids. Oh, she, she, yes. In, those, in, in that day, while I was staying at my friend's and calling her a thousand times to show up, 
or to meet or to basically just calling to, to, to come to whatever kind of agreement solution. She was busy getting knowledge what, when, where, how, this, that, everything. And, uh, well, not, belatedly, I learned about that. I didn't know at the time, but, you know, as time progressed and, uh, you know, the court records came out and this and that, and, you know, you see the date, you see the hour, and then you say, ah, now I know the gap. Now I know, and now I can attribute all the silent gaps to this paper, this paper, that place, this, this time. And, um, okay. So, you know, she goes like, answers the phone. I, I know nothing. I know nothing. And like, what the heck you know nothing? You know that your, you know that your daughter just, just left in the middle of the night with, uh, with, uh, with a child. She's like, I know nothing. I don't want to do anything with you. I don't want to speak with you. Like get lost, go back home, wherever you came from, like disappear, vanish, done. She throws the phone. Of course they call. She, she reluctantly answers. I call some more. She blocks me. And then since that time I got blocked. So there's no, uh, there's no way to, there's no way to, you know, to, to, to get her. And, and then, uh, you know, I go to police. Like I, I, I have nowhere to go, so I go to to the police, and uh, they say, like, we don't, uh, you know, we don't know. No, no problem. I'm like, this person and that little person disappeared, and we're like, what do you mean? Like the child disappeared? I said no, they too. But I'm particularly looking for the child, and we're like, but the child disappeared with the mother, right? So it's no problem, right? I said, what do you mean no problem? It's a problem that, that we disappeared together separately in tandem. I don't care. The fact that we are not here and I cannot get in touch of, of, uh, with them is, is a problem. That's how you report missing persons. You know, uh, the first, uh, first I told them that uh, the child is gone because in, uh, in a very short period of time, I was looking, you know, I didn't know where to go. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, I don't know, this numbness, this powerlessness, uh, you know, it hit me so bad that you cannot breathe. You cannot, you cannot function. You like literally cannot function. It's, it's like somebody threw you from the 10th floor, you know, and it just splashed onto the pavement down there. And, and now you, 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 you just try to like run. It's like, you know, I, I can't even stand up, let alone, you know, run. And uh, I, I, I tried to look for help on, on the phone and I, I quickly saw this, uh, this you know, uh, abductions, like parental abduction. I didn't even know that there's kind of thing, you know, in my country, we have like one, two cases a year and it becomes national news. Like the whole country will will blab it's as big a news like Trump gets elected. It's that kind of news. When I went to the to the police station, I told them, like, the, f- the first thing I told them is daughter missing. Then they asked, uh, where's mother? I said, mother is missing too. And there's no problem. And when I told them, well, there's a problem because now, you know, they're both missing. But uh, the, the moment, uh, we didn't want to take official report. We didn't even wanted to give me a form. And we, on that day, we didn't give me. 
but they ask me, you know, like we, we, we have like a scrapbook, like literally a scrapbook, you know, from old like copier papers where one side was used and now you have one blank. So we just like kind of very good at recycling. So, so, you know, we get this kind of scrapbook. We write her name, my, my daughter's name, go in the back. Five minutes later, the, change, the face, completely different. You go, you go, no problem. She is okay. You go, you know, and we say nothing. We didn't say about, you know, domestic violence, this, that, anything, nothing. You go, disappear, don't make trouble. You, you'll get yourself into more trouble than you already are. It's like, well, I'm no... Aside from them missing, I have no other troubles. And it's, it's like, go, go. And, you know, I really I really lost my my cool big time. I screamed. I cursed. I called them the names. I, I, I brought all the war history and whatnot, like everything. I was that angry. I didn't get nowhere. And, uh, yeah, I had some, I don't know, like a couple of hours shouting, screaming, like, like almost to animal level, I, I left. And then I, I well, I, I learned very quickly that we're not going to do anything. I just didn't know at that time, I didn't know why. I didn't know how bad is bad. And uh, so I started, you know, I thought, okay, uh, we'll go to where her mother lives. I thought, well, maybe she, she went to her mother's house because the first thing comes like when Japanese take the child, usually we go to their, uh, you know, maternal paternal homes and uh so we go there i knock the door like they don't bother to answer the mother is not there i make a big nuisance massive nuisance baby send like 10 cop cars i'm just one little not not that little but you know one gaijin one gaijin is a foreigner by the way and uh in in japanese and i'm just one gaijin and they send like uh you know 30 cops to contain me. And I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, screaming, you know, punching the apartment door and the cop, uh, you know, one cop so that the guy is not going to stop. Like, let's, let's work. Let's try to work out something. And he's like, what do you want? I said, I want my child. Well, we don't know where your child is. He said, I, I, I think she's in this apartment. Why? Because that's where the mother used to live or is living at that time. But, at the time, there was just mother's husband. And, uh, well, the cop says, well, okay, you know, uh, they, they bicker, you know, they, they go back and forth for, uh, for a couple of minutes, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes, let's call it. And But after that, we say, okay, okay, go. We open the door, you go. I'm like, no way. I, I don't want to go alone because I know, you know, you're going to immediately do like trespassing, something, anything. It's, it's how we get in trouble. You know, I'm like, you go, I go after you, we go together. The apartment, again, shoe size, you know, uh, shoe box size apartment. So there's not, there's, the tour is very short. And, you know, I go into the apartment. Of course, I see there's nothing, there's nothing in there, you know, to do with a child. Uh, there's nothing in there to do with any woman living in there. So apparently the mother was not living there for some time too. It was just the husband there. We, we never, you know, I, I, I was a bit shocked to find out that at the time. But anyways, so once I see that apartment has nothing to do with my daughter, I, as they told me, well, if you, if we let you in and you satisfy your curiosity that there's nothing in, will you be okay? I said, yeah, then I go home. It was like 11 o'clock 
you know, at night. So I just I just got into the car, went back home. Uh, of course, you know, I, I cannot sleep. I cannot eat. In 10 days, I lost 10 kilos. It's like I, it's difficult to function, but uh, all my energy was, you know, running like a mad rat, you know, to, to look for where, where I can go. And then the following day, because I have nothing else to do, I go and bang on the apartment door again. And again, the cops come. Now, uh, the guy says, well, I called you the cops. And he calls the cops. I said, I don't care, call the cops. So about 10 cops comes. Now they start to, you know, hustle and bustle me, you know, this, that, it, it's about to get rough. I call the cops again. I call the cops and the cops who, came, who are already present. Another 10 comes. Now we talk with each other, it's like, what to do, what to do. Now, uh, you know, and I'm getting like, you know, angry. And in their presence, I'm literally, the cop is standing here and I'm like banging on the apartment door. I'm not kicking it to destroy it, but I'm making, you know, noise. And uh, it's, it's like 9, 10 p.m. So, you know, people are getting angry. And uh, again, some cop, not different cop from the uh, the other days. Like, well, what is it you want this time? I'm like, I want to speak with the mother because yesterday the mother was not there, and with uh, her husband, I had no no any kind of you know dealings whatsoever. And until then, uh, we 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 were having uh, some some issues with the mother, so we were not very close, you know. And uh, so the cop facilitates the call. After like half an hour, I talk with the mother. The mother, of course, denies any knowledge. I know nothing, no, nothing, nothing. I have nothing to do with anything. I know nothing. I'm like, so you, you don't worry that your daughter disappeared, right? You don't worry that your grandchild disappeared. No, no, I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. You know, sweet as a cucumber, man. Beautiful. Happy days. I'm like, wow, that's, that's kind of retarded. But, well, now, now, now we know that it, it's, it's part of, of their culture, apparently. So again, I satisfy my curiosity, you know, with this call and uh, I leave, I leave a place and that was the end with visiting that place. So the child is gone, the wife, the mother of the child is gone, the mother of your wife is gone, uh, she disappeared. A couple of weeks later, I went to check on apartment. The husband disappeared because we, we didn't want to, you know, we knew that uh, crazy guy, Jin, you know, looking for his child. Maybe he will come here and bash the door like every every second day or fortnight, whatever he feels like. So, so he disappeared from that apartment. In the meantime, since the abduction took place on the morning of 19, belatedly, I found where she went. She went to her sister's. And with her sister, she had a very nasty disagreement. And they did not spoke. Uh, half of my insistence, because she was treating her like absolute and utter garbage. And half of her own insistence that she was really hurt about uh, how, how she was treated. While she was pregnant with our daughter, uh, when we when we moved apartments, uh, sister had some empty space. She stored uh, her personal stuff, 
And then she just came out like, I don't know, I need some space and just opened the door and just threw all her stuff into the street. And I was like, oh my goodness. You know, when I learned about that, we were, we finished our whatever vacation we were having at the time. And uh, we went and dealt with all these thrown belongings, which uh, were uh, kept at her apartment, at, the, at her sister's apartment. And this was the, the, the big issue why they stopped communicating, you know? So for a year, uh, for a year, they were not, uh, they were not, uh, you know, keeping in touch at all. Apparently through the court records, I learned later on that the moment, uh, the moment she left the police station after whatever she, she alleged me of, uh, immediately she went to, to the sister's place. I knew where the sister was. The sister was living like 20 so minutes away from where we used to live. But I never thought that she will go there. It was like, no, never. She will never do that because, you know, pride, number one, pride is a big deal in this country. You will die, but you will not ask for a favor. And even if you ask for a favor, you know, you will be like indebted forever. And this and that is like big, big deal. So I thought, no, never. And I never, never bothered to, to visit the place, which was my biggest mistake. Maybe I would not be sitting here and talking with you about this issue. You know. Anyways, so she was there apparently. When I started to go about her mother's apartment, banging time and time again. And when I started to visit my local police station, and scream and curse them because I was going there daily. Like, you know, I will get a couple of hours rest if I can. Somehow I will wake up like a zombie, take some sort of shower I can muster, go there and just, you know, entertain them, you know, with all my, uh, well, whatever might I can muster in, in, in their language so I, they understand how angry I am, that I'm, I'm looking for them. Later, through the court records, again, I learned that uh, when I started to do that, the cops told her, oh, you know, it's uh, maybe, maybe, you know, the guy will wake up and he will start to do the same thing uh, at, your, at, at your sister's place. I don't know, that will become a, an, an issue. So she went to the woman's shelter. And my, my wife uh, was uh, one of those, you know, kind of, I, I don't know if it's correct word to use, proud. But like me going to shelter, never, like ever. You know, shelter is not is not rich Carlton. Not especially in Japan, man. Shelter imagine shelter is like prison in here. A little bit more beautiful looking prison, but prison nonetheless. The rules and regulation is as as as, as harsh as in prison. And I and like she's like she'll never go with a child in that kind of place, like never. But, well, if you want to legitimize the abduction, you will go to wherever you need to go. Like shelter, melter, pelter, man, whatever. They say you go. Is that, is that simple? And guess what? This, her going to shelter, legitimized the abduction. Because when we went, uh, when, we, when I started the proceedings in family court to see my daughter, which is a little bit crazy when you think of it, you have any and all parental rights, nothing suspended, 
nothing annulled, nothing stopped, no especially any alleges of any kind of violence against the child, you need to go to family court and apply for visitation. Why, why, you know, why would I apply for visitation if I have rights, you know, if, if you get divorced, if you, if your parental rights get annulled for whatever reason, I understand, you know, you need to go and apply for it. But now, you know, she just, one day, you know, your partner, your spouse walks away across the street and now you need to go to court to ask permission to cross the very street she just crosses. Like, how retardant is that? Well, apparently that's how this country works. So when I started to do that, she immediately, to block it, to block this, any kind of, the visitation is idiotically meager. The, the preset wisdom dictates one hour a month, two hours a month to see your child. I don't even know how you call it visitation, man. I'll probably see you today more. It's like, you know, crazy. Anyways, so to block, uh, to block me from even this idiotic visitation request, she goes and applies for a restraining order. In order to get restraining order, you need to be somewhat, uh, you know, somewhat special. How special you can be? Oh, you went to women's shelter. Oh, you went and had a consultation in women's shelter. And that in itself is a proof of domestic violence. Which domestic violence? We don't care. We don't want to know. We don't even bother to fathom any kind of crazy ideas. The fact that you went there and spoke with them legitimizes anything and everything she said is going to say we're thinking about and whatnot. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's beyond stupid. Wait, let me get this right. So if I want to legitimize a fake domestic violence kind of thing, I can just go to the police or some kind of center and get a few hours of consultation from them and that will legitimize the fact that I was, you know, under some kind of violence at home. Yeah, yeah. And then I can take that and then go to the family courts and say that I was subjected to domestic violence while I was this with this person at home. Oh, very much, very much. And the best part of it, that that part is admissible to court, but supportive evidence not needed nor requested. And when you insist on getting evidence to support any and whatever claim she's making in that consultation, they will say, well, you know, domestic violence is kind of difficult to document. Oh, but didn't, didn't she say that I kicked her? I, I, I tried to strangle her and whatnot. So when you do something like physical, you will get a bruise. You will get something. You, you know, we're living at that time in 2000, uh, you know, uh since since we met in 2007 we had phones with cameras we could document anything man you you know you know what happens nowadays with these phones it's like you could have documented anything but anyways whatever she said man we we don't need anything the paper she got from police number one on the on the day one and the paper which she got uh, uh I don't remember exactly, but maybe day three or, or, or day four from the women's shelter. Those two papers were the grounds for a restraining order. 
So we go to, she applies to that restraining order. It comes out like that. And uh, very quickly, I go to, to this visitation court. It's called visitation mediation. You know, it's like mediation for visitation. I open the door and they say, yeah, okay, okay. And then we say, man, what's wrong with you? Don't you know that you have six months uh, temporary restraining order against you? What kind of visitation you're talking about? Sayonara. Bye. Go home. Wherever your home is, be it Lithuania, be it England, be it America, or be it, you know, whichever shoebox size apartment or, you know, whatever bigger apartment you own in here. That's it. It, it. It's it's that insane. And the cops, the cops supported her in all the way, absolutely. Yeah. So so this this is how it started. And uh, the better part of like, uh, you know, now a little bit about the lawyers. Of course, I'm like everyone, you know, like oh, what do you do? What do you do? Of course, what do you do? You get lawyers, right? That's what people do. It's like, you get a lawyer and the lawyer is like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, this is not unheard of. He does not say to me that it's like cancerous. This is like cancer. It's not like one little instance of some rare sickness in society. No, no, this is, man, this is a cancer. This is that kind of level. He doesn't say that. He's like, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's there, but, and, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, super. And then, of course, I I I, I didn't. At, at, still, at that time, I already knew that it's a problem. I just didn't know that it's a problem the size of a cancer. It's like stage four cancer. The best doctor comes and they write they write you off like, nah, man, nah, we don't even need to to take our tools. It's just a waste of effort. It's is that that kind of you know uh, difficulty and. Uh, so the lawyer gives me a, a good suggestion. I'm like, okay, so we're we're writing like documents, like you know, at that by then, you know, the the court the court documents start to exchange hands, allegation this, rebuff that, so on so forth. So uh, the lawyer at at some point he just simply says, hey, you know, if you're saying that you're so so good a father. Leave her alone. Leave her for two years, three years, you know. Then you can come back and then and, and just resume. I'm like, what do you mean, like, leave her alone? Like, my, I, well, I don't want to leave my wife alone. And maybe 10 times more, I don't like to leave my child alone. And why would I? It's not like I did something wrong, you know. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. You let her cool off a couple of years. I don't know, in cool, in, in, in a couple of years, maybe she will get so cool that he will get another two husbands. I don't know. How do we know? And I, and I say to the lawyer, you know, I, I, get, I get like really angry and, and like literally pissed. And I say, are you a good father? He's like, yeah, I suppose so. How many children do you have? Two. I said, okay, give me, give me children, you know, for a month. No, give me one for a week. No, give me, you know what? Fuck it. Give me, give me one child for half an hour. Okay. Let, let me just give me and don't ask what they're going to do with it. I was like, no, no. Why would they do that? And I was like, why would they do that? Didn't you tell me that you're, you're good, as good a father as me? And you, didn't you give me suggestion, you know, minutes ago to let her be for a couple of years? 
not days, not weeks, years. Do you understand? Years. You have a child. You know how child grows. It doesn't grow like a, an old tire in the backyard. You throw it today, 10 years later, it's still the same. The child grows in size and the mind forms. You know, we, we don't get that. We treat the child like that tire. It just get you know, the, the shape changes, but it seems like it was two years old and 20 years later, it's still like two years old. But, you know, we, we treat literally child like a thing. And uh, so, you know, that, that's when I understood what kind of lawyer I've got. I was like, shit, what, 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 what do you do? Then, of course, what do you do? L- luckily for me, I have another country to go and cry for. So I go back to my home country. While I cry there, this is what happens with this restraining order I told you about. While I was there, she was cooking the restraining order. And then I got, uh, you know, they apparently while I was uh, back in my country going through the local course, trying to tell them that, you know, my, my child is abducted in Japan. Everybody looks at me like I'm an absolute nutcase. They're like, uh, which child? Uh, your, your child. Okay. Uh, by whom? Your wife. Now, nah, how can your wife abduct the child? It's, you know, it, it, it does. It, they don't compute. It. They can't compute it. I don't want to tell that. And and then they say like, oh, well, where the crime happened? In which city in Lithuania were you? I'm like, no, no, it happened in Japan. They're like, oh, what? In Japan? It's like, are you okay in here? Do you know what Lithuania is? Do you know where Japan is? Like, well, what the heck are you doing? You know, my country has zero knowledge about this, what they call now parasitism against children and humanity. And uh, so, you know, while I go through these legal hoops from left to right, child protection services, police, court, uh, lawyers, whatnot, you know, she's cooking this restraining order. Of course, she sends me some sort of documents. Well, I'm not in Japan. I don't take the letters, right? So the letters just get stacked or returned back to the court. At some point in time, I get a call from her lawyer saying me, well, you know, this is happening, this and that. I'm like, are you serious? You know, and uh, I call to my uh, to my attorney, to this very good father, apparently. Right. And he's like, bro, I, I don't have time and I'm so busy with other cases. I'm like, bro, aren't you like my attorney? Like. Didn't I'm like paying you to do exactly not not bro me about and if I if a paper comes from court you you deal with it? He's like Mm-mm, I don't have time. The only thing I can do to you, uh, the only thing I can tell you, go back before uh, before it expires, you know, so you can make an appeal. And uh, yeah, is you know, good luck. I'm like fuck me, absolutely. It's like. You get an attorney who is telling you, bro, I don't have time. It's like how how messed up this is. And a lot of a lot of foreigners uh, end up with Japanese attorneys, and whoever ends up with foreign attorneys, they fare no better. Because la- later you will learn that it's not just attorney's problem; it's how the system is. It's a big, big system. And. Uh, so guess what? I I I take I change a flight. Boom! I I arrived on the fa- on the last day before uh, uh, expiry for appeal. Straight from the airport, I run through family court. From one far, it's uh, you know 
They call it Tokyo International Airport, which is not even in Tokyo. So I go from that airport three hours with train to the family court. I make an appeal. Later, I learn that once the decision is done, you can appeal all you want. Once the decision is done, it's done. It's like appeal is appeal. You know, think of it like uh, in Japan, appeal is administrative uh, administrative process, which must have because you call yourself kind of like democracy or something like that. You know, so it's not it's not to to change decisions because in vast majority of cases, the decisions are never changed, overthrown or nothing. Like once the decision is done, it's done. You still go through your appeals. You still waste your life, energy, brain cells, money, whatnot on, on, the, on the court, on lawyers, so on and so forth. But, you know, what you've got, whenever you've got is, is what you're going to get in, in, right in the end. So, yeah, that, that's that's what I learned. So I appealed it and I appealed it some more. and. Is like Nana man, everything is like. And when I appealed it, when I when I finally saw, you know, what kind of garbage she put, that I was the worst husband ever. I tried to strangle her before the marriage. I tried to drown her in a bathtub, even wow. before marriage. Okay, while we were dating. And then I was punching and kicking her like I'm a... Did, did, did she present any proof for any of oh, this? Oh, of course. No, no, no. Why, why would you need? Are you, you, why would you need such... such Man, this, this kind, who, who, who needs, who needs to, to prove these kind of uh, minor things? So, you know, I'm like writing my affidavit. is like, well, if I was so bad uh, uh, a husband and I, I tried to strangle and then drown her in a bathtub and whatnot, Why did she marry me? You know, she alleges me, you know, let's say strangling. I don't remember the exact dates, but let's say allege me August trying to strangle. In November, we get married. It's like, it's kind of weird, you know. And uh, yeah, so I, I and everywhere in this restraining order. And uh, it says like allegation, evidence, doctor report, uh, supportive uh, documents. And so on and so forth. None, none, none. Everywhere, every like ten allegations, everything is none. I'm like anything. Just if you accuse me, just give me one anything. I will accept whatever bullshit you spit out. Just give me anything to go. So at least I I, I know that oh there's no way to go about. It. And uh, yeah, so I got I got that restraining order that way. And then I ditch my I, I ditch. I didn't ditch my attorney. I was already, you know, like massively pissed. Like I, I would like to strangle that attorney at that time, but you know, because now, now that I'm slowly learning how the system is done, you can change these attorneys all you want until you run out of money. And very unlucky for you if you don't own Jeff Bezos' account. Now. So you know you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna stop by probably the third or fourth attorney. I, I I still keep him on the books for for a few months, but I see nothing is you know whatever I say to we go to court to this mediation he speaks and he just mumbles like mm, really yeah I, I I don't think so but I think so we should be fine you know I'm like what do you mean I should be fine They're like bring back bring back my child now here 
Okay, you cannot bring me. You know, you allege me that uh, I was violent towards her. You don't give evidence. Fuck all this garbage. Let me see the child. I'm so bad. Bring the child in one room somewhere with police officer, whatever. I don't care. Anything. Little. No, no, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. It's not even debatable. The question of a parent, be it uh, whoever is in that situation, a father or a mother, it's always more difficult for fathers, though. And if you're a foreign father, oh, God forbid. It's like, uh, you know, think, think back uh, in, in the slavery years. It's, it's that bad. It's like whatever you say, nobody cares. And the more you say, the more they bash you. And uh, yeah, you know, and, 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 and this, is, this is how I learned. And uh, I was at some point, a few months later, I, I, I fired my attorney. said, like, I will go and represent myself if my meager knowledge of this idiotic country, as, you know, as I found it uh, belatedly. And uh, I fared no worse than with attorney. It just didn't cost me as much, you know. The money, the money which you spend on a tourney, now you can spend on beer to numb your pain, to you know, and and, and to put yourself to sleep because uh, it, it was it was difficult. It was difficult, like you know, re- remembering that it was diabolical. Man. Is you know, like uh, especially in Japan. One Japanese goes missing in Afghanistan. The country, the newspapers, the TV is buzzing. It's, it's like the, it's like the, some little nobody got or some reporter got. Uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, he got beheaded uh, in the end by ISIS. In uh, I think in Syria it was. Before that happened. The media was buzzing. It's like the, that Japanese. It was like emperor himself. Yeah, it was that bad, man. And then, then you know, you, you say, oh, my child is missing. And we're like, what child? But he's the mother. The child is fine. Don't worry. The child is fine. Like, I don't care how the child is fine. I want my child to be here. And, I, and when I told them about this, you know, like, we're like, yeah, but what's your problem? You know, the child is the mother. I said, look, if a child is with a mother with whom I have no contacts, if a child is with a Taliban, if a child is being taken care of by Kim Jong-un, by Gaddafi, Kuyafi, or whoever, I don't care. I have no knowledge. I have no, uh, I can't speak. I can't reach. You know, I don't know dead, alive. I know nothing. It's abduction done and dusted. No, no. If it's mother, man, it's walk in the park. Euphemism, walk in the park. Oh, she just went AWOL. You know, she'll come back. Don't worry. Be cool. Two, three years, she comes back. And if she doesn't, well, tough luck. You know. All right. I do understand what exactly happened. But I'm just wondering, did your ex-wife ask for any kind of child support payments or anything like that? In my case, uh, no. No, she didn't. I offered. I insisted. She refused because uh, uh, she was well off. Uh, she was a midwife, a nurse, a midwife. And uh, well paid for her age. And uh, she, she never needed money. And uh, another reason why, particularly in in, in my case, uh, you know, she didn't want money is, uh, I don't know how the lawyers explained her, but later I found out that 
Well, the moment we start to take money from you, you out of no having rights, then you have like a sliver of rights. Like I pay, now I have a right to see to, to whom I pay and, and you know what, what, what is happening with the money I pay. Yeah, she, no, she, she didn't bother, no. And when I insisted, she, even her attorney just flatly refused, like, uh, sod off. We, we don't care, just die. Disappear, go home. Done. Right. I'm looking at the notes that I made while you were telling the story just now. You said that she abducted the kids and she did not ask for any kind of support for the kid and all that. But you didn't clarify whether you guys are actually divorced, you know, based on Japanese legal system. Uh, the divorce, uh, divorce came true uh, two years later. Uh, and uh, I'm still married uh, under Lithuanian law. We're still married. But in Japan, uh, we got divorced by court. It's basically the court divorced us uh, by force upon, upon her insistence. And uh, in Japan, uh, because there is a sole custody, and it's not just sole custody in itself is not the problem. You know, sole custody strips you of the rights, but uh, you know, the law itself does not state that after divorce, he or she should, should sever any and all contact with the child. There's no such a there's no such a line in the law, but uh, their culture since Stone Age, you know, it's like that. You divorce, you cut. It's like you know, it's like cutting umbilical cord. Once you cut it, you cannot put it back. It's like done. So once the divorce is done, usually the before before the war, uh, before the war, before the end of the war of the Second World War. Uh, usually the fathers used to retain the kids because in Japanese culture, if the woman was divorced and with kids, no man would take her. It's like, I don't want to care about somebody's brood. You know, is is that kind of thinking. But when uh, after MacArthur came and he saw it's like, yeah, it's a little bit nasty. So we'll, we'll change it. But well, what he did, he he did change from all the way to the left, that the man will have the, ch- uh, the children, to all the way to the right, that the woman will have the children, in- instead of doing somewhere in the middle. And since then, uh, as the country, you know, was working through rebuilding itself, all the men were working till death, and they were never raising their children. And this this kind of culture, like, really, really stuck. Now I say it didn't stuck in brain. It's stuck by now in DNA itself. It's like my child, you see my T-shirt and my child. And it doesn't matter that we worked on this thing together, that there was like, you know, 50% of input from me and from you. No, no, no. It's like now done, mine. And this goes not just for women. This goes for men too. If a man abducts, he will go and say exactly the same. It's my child. And, you know, even in Western world, world, we will say, but no, no, but, you know, woman has somehow inherently more rights because she delivered the baby. In Japan, we, just, we don't care about that. You know, you can, be, you, you can be a chair, you can be a woman, you can be a man, you, you're treated all the same. So, so yeah, the, the divorce came true and uh, I lost all the rights, finally. So now, like, I'm, I'm so nobody to my child like you would be. 
Like if you come in and say, I want to make X, Y, and Z, they'll say, who are you? And if I go and do the same, they'll say, who are you? I'm like, I'm a father. So, you know, don't you remember that we divorced you? And uh, yeah, so so this is this is the situation. And even even if you go, you know, even if you go through this visitation, and this visitation will get awarded meager, one idiotic hour, two two painful hours, one day a month, well, whatever. It's not enforceable. You understand? I don't know why I I was so baffled to learn that the judges have zero power and zero pride, I would say, in what we do. Because in my country, if a judge says, you go left, you go left. And I don't care what your beliefs are. I say, you go left. If you don't go left, we put you in, in a camp. And in here, the judge says, and you say, like, nah, nah, I don't think so. I, I like, nah, nah, I, I don't care, like, whatever. And there's no enforcement. And in the end, you say, then what do we do now? And they will say, like, well, but there's nothing we can do. You know, if she doesn't want, how can we force her? Like, for God's sake, aren't you like a judge? Aren't is what the what the third party like justice system do when two when two people fight about something and they cannot get in, you know, in the middle or whatever? You know, that's where the third party comes into play. It's like, no, no, no. So yeah, the the visitation is done, but. Uh, if she ever if she ever ventures out to the world from Japan, uh, the law is very favorable. You know, according to EU, according to Lithuania, I'm married. Uh, I, I'm I'm still a father. Uh, I didn't uh, annul our marriage in Lithuania. She can do a thing. She doesn't bother to do a thing because she's not going to go to Lithuania. I'm pretty much sure that she's not going to go to Europe because she knows that this uh, sanctuary of child abductors only is in Japan. You know, we don't give sanctuary to, to people like that. We actually have it. We actually call child parental, even though it's called parental. And that's the key. It's not an abduction of child. It's parent takes, removes the child from wherever the, they, they were, it's a crime. If you take my child, if my wife takes my child, if Kim Jong-un comes and takes my child, it's all the same. We don't care. You know. The fact that you do that, it is it's a problem. So, so yeah, you know, on, on, on that issue, as far as Europe goes, I'm on good terms. In Japan, I'm nobody. All right, guys, this is the first part of the two-part interview with Thomas. In the next part, we'll talk more in general about the Japanese family courts, the politicians, the media, and everything else when it comes to the Japanese culture as a whole. Now, I would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you're not alone in this. With that said, if you need specific legal advice, please get your own independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner. If you're a minor, or if you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts within this episode, please approach a responsible adult or someone knowledgeable in these topics and ask them for clarifications. We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And if you have further questions or comments or feedback regarding Find My Parent or this interview, you can always email me at sk at findmyparent.org. If you're someone who got separated from your own parent and would like to find your parent again, please go to 
findmypattern.org and fill out your details. With the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology, we hope to help you find your alienated parent again. If you're part of an NGO or even a private company passionate about this topic, please reach out through the contact us page in findmyparent.org and we hope to work together with you. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Speak to you next week. Take care till then. Just